Our Old Testament reading for this morning comes to us from Isaiah chapter 35 and is the basis for our message today. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for the waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes and a highway shall be there. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it it shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be on their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning from Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 to 10 that Pastor Tige has just read for us. We started this Advent series called Home is Where Your Heart Is two weeks ago with this idea that biblical visions like the ones from the words of our text for today come to us from the future, longing to shape our lives in the present. Biblical visions come to us from the future to shape our lives in the present. And so this Advent, we've been looking at a series of pictures painted by the prophet Isaiah of our future home in the new heaven and the new earth, that when Jesus comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead, it is a picture so vivid that it will transform your attitude, your words, and your actions, that it will so captivate your imagination that that biblical vision will become your treasure. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I suspect everyone in this room has heard the phrase, maybe even used it or certainly felt it, it's my way or the highway. And I don't have to explain to you what that means. But today what I'd like to do is I'd like to borrow it and I'd like to give it a little twist. And here's the twist. That my way is the way of Adam and Eve. That they took all the way back in the Garden of Eden. My way is sinful and selfish and foolish. However, the highway in our text is God's way and it is called the way of holiness 
And holiness is an attribute that is a characteristic of God. To, to be holy means to be completely set apart, distinct, totally other. And the picture in Isaiah's poetry is a roadway that has been lifted up, that has been made straight, that has been leveled out. This way, God's way, the way of holiness is like that. It is completely and totally different from my way. Now, Jesus, of course, called himself the way, the truth, and the life. And the very first followers of Jesus were simply called the way. Now, that even fools can walk and not go astray is really good news for me. Because, you see, I often find myself in the ditch on either side of God's way. See, sometimes I, I, I fall off into the ditch of do more, try harder religion. That's usually when I'm upset about what others are doing wrong. And then I turn around and find myself off on the other side of, of cheap grace where I love to commit sins and God loves to forgive sins, so don't worry and be happy, was usually when I'm excusing my own sin. The idea here is crystal clear that my arrival at the final destination on the highway of holiness is not dependent on my ability. Look, God never lowers his standards to match our weakness. Rather, what he does is constantly raise us up with the power of life in Christ to the height of, of his standards. So my way or the highway. Our planet seems to be slowly wasting away. Now, I certainly have no desire or need to fan the flames of frenzy over how some impending ecological disaster is just around the corner. But can we at least say that it seems impossible to deny that we have messed things up significantly? but put in charge of the planet by God to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth and to subdue it, I am dead certain that it did not include stripping the land bare, islands of trash floating in the ocean, the danger of nuclear meltdown and oil spills. Not to mention the devastation of natural disasters like volcanoes and earthquakes and hurricanes. Now, the picture Isaiah paints has Lebanon, which lies just to the north of Israel, that was known for its majestic cedars that were planted there by God. And Carmel is a mountain range that runs south along the Mediterranean coast of Israel. It's where Elijah battled the prophets of Baal. And Sharon is the lush, green, fertile valley below the Carmel Range. People, what you are looking at in this verse is the Garden of Eden restored. 
This is the new heaven and the new earth that awaits us, and it is breathtaking. Think about the grandest, most beautiful sight that you have ever seen in nature. And then take all of the beauty and the grandeur of this broken version of creation and intensify it. And you can only stand and wonder at what it will be like when Jesus comes again. Look, man's way, my way often uses and abuses the creation. Someone reminded me this week that we sometimes think of God's work in Jesus as as only saving his human creatures. And then he reminded me that John 3.16 reads, God so loved the world, that's the, the, the cosmos, that he sent his only son. God's way, the way of holiness, is going to make all things new. So what does that look like in the here and now? Well, people, I think that it means at the very least that the followers of Jesus ought to be the greenest people on the planet. In the proper sense of that term. Certainly not making the environment our God by any means. But surely thoughtfully and intentionally seeking to care for it. To tend it. To restore it here and there where we can. And perhaps it even means to stop mocking and belittling the reports we hear continuously about climate change and all of its effects. But water refreshes, water cleanses, water gives life, and we literally can't live without it, both physically and spiritually. And as you read these words, you can't help but get the image of the fugitive slaves from Egypt wandering around in the wilderness where God provided water for them from a rock. And it is exactly that image that Paul, one of Jesus' first followers who wrote much of the New Testament said, they drank from the spiritual rock and the rock was Christ. To the woman at the well in John chapter 4, Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring welling, a spring of water welling up To eternal life. You've seen the images of our Awakening Hearts logo with the waves gently moving behind the logo. And we're using this water language to try and and capture the work, that journey that we're on of awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. Because this is our vision moving forward. When we look around at the arid wilderness of busyness and uncertainty and division that St. Luke's will become the water watering hole for our community look my way leads to dry dusty uninhabitable places the highway of holiness leads to new life where in baptism God's Holy Spirit floods our lives with forgiveness and the absolute certainty, what the Bible calls hope, of eternal life. 
and followers of Jesus with the water of life, quenching their thirst for life with that forgiveness and with that hope and taking it with us into our marriages, our families, our schools, our places of work, and our neighborhoods. Listen, tolerance is turning a blind eye to sin and its life-draining, dehydrating effects. But forgiveness? Forgiveness acknowledges sin. It confronts sin. It calls sin, sin. And then as a fellow sinner, it puts its arm around the shoulder of another. And we both go to the cross where together we weep at the price that Jesus paid. And then we resolve to live differently. Earthly hope is wishful thinking that perhaps every cloud will have a silver lining. Biblical hope knows that where the highway of holiness is taking us gives us strength and courage to face the worst that life has to offer. Weak hands and feeble knees, can anyone relate to that? If not, just wait. Your time is coming. Putting up the Christmas decorations this year took longer and was harder than it has been before. While life in this world wears down our bodies and my way of sin and selfishness leaves my soul fat and lazy, the highway of holiness offers new and better bodies and fit souls. Look, here's what Jesus came to do. And he gave us little glimpses of each. When John the Baptist in the gospel lesson that you heard this morning sent messengers to Jesus to ask if he was the Messiah or if they should expect another, Jesus said, go tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jesus suffered and he died and he rose again and he ascended back into the glory presence of God from whence he will come again in glory and when he does we who have believed in him will experience the complete restoration of everything that it means to be human body and soul and so it's not that hard to imagine and to long for that time when there is no more cancer or dementia or aging or arthritis or COVID or, or mental health issues. Look, what is it that right now is causing you to be weary and anxious? Is it work? Is it difficulty in a relationship? Is it your health? And can I be honest? Even following Jesus can grow wearisome. Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? And the world gets darker and darker all around us. And sometimes you just feel like throwing up your hands and walking away. That's my way. 
but God's way, the way of holiness, reassures me that even as my body breaks down and falls apart, that the resurrection promises that our bodies will become imperishable and immortal when Jesus comes again, which means that right now, even with a worn-out body, a soul that's strong and a heart that is awakened, those words, be strong, fear not, are all over the Scripture. Behold, your God has come in Jesus. And all of God's vengeance and all of God's judgment has been poured out on him at the cross. That's how he saves us. But in the middle of our anxiety, we have got to learn to talk to ourselves. Talk to our own hearts. Oh, talk to each other. Grab yourself by the collar. Walk over to the nearest mirror and say, listen here, self. Trust and believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he has done what he claims to have done. And you will receive continuously the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That's yours by faith in Jesus, and it's a guarantee, and it cannot be undone or taken away from you. Perhaps it would be helpful to remind you of an illustration, to think of what I'm trying to say to you today like this. I want you to imagine that there are two people and they've each been given the exact same working conditions and task. They are to stand in one place for eight hours a day and put this nut on this bolt. And to do it every day, five days a week for a year. But the first person is promised that at the end of the year he will receive $50,000 in cash. They even, they even show him the cash and they, they put a picture of the cash up on the wall so that he can look at it as he works. The other person, however, is promised that at the end of the year he will receive $50 million in cash. And they show the cash to him and they put a picture of the cash on the wall where he's working. And after six months, I want you to try and imagine what their attitudes are like. Because you see, I'm thinking, like the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness, that the $50,000 guy is sick of death, sick to death of that nut and that bolt, grumbling and complaining and wondering why he ever agreed to do this and that $50,000 is not nearly enough. And the $50 million guy is whistling while he works there's nothing to it i mean i can't believe how easy it is and how fortunate he is now you do realize don't you that if the story of the bible is actually true and it is and if you believe in jesus which i pray that you do a little more every single day that you're the $50 million person. 
biblical visions like the one in our text today from Isaiah come to us from the future to shape the way that we live in the present. My way ends in sorrow and sighing. The highway of holiness ends with everlasting joy. The whole picture of us on that highway implies movement forward toward the destination. We've pulled off into the rest stop this morning called worship, but it's time to go back out on the road, people. There is so much to see and to do along the way. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in this true faith to life everlasting. Amen.